No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. Welcome in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm Eric Eager. I'm joined here um, by somebody who is on an absolute heater in the NFL, uh, Ben Brown. What are you? Two and zero in props on Monday night. Six and zero in props on Sunday. Two and one on your derivatives article. I think it's the first time anybody's ever written up a uh, like a halftime line in the NFL. Uh, you know, and, and the only one you lost was Tennessee, which, you know, if they would have, you know, if Clowney wouldn't have just like ear somebody, they probably would have been fine. Um, how you doing, Ben? So, yeah, I mean, I, I got to feel good after that Sunday performance. I know Saturday was a little more rough from the college football perspective. I think uh, just in general, it probably set me off a little too much, but I'm glad that we caught fire uh, quickly on Sunday and kind of carried that over to Monday night. I mean, the Chiefs got a big victory on Monday night as well, so uh, we're kind of just letting the good times roll at this point. I can't really uh, complain too much at all, so we just got to get back on the right track a little bit on the college football side of things. I think we're going to be set here, so... Yeah, I mean, after being up 14 units or whatever on Green Line in, in weeks two and three, uh, you knew some regression was in order. But at the same time, you know, we were only down, I think, like a third of a unit on college football on Green Line on week four. And that was with, what, Missouri covering the, the to- going over the total on a, like, quarterback complete sleep garbage. on the last play of the yeah. game. Complete and then, garbage time touchdown, yeah. And then the game you wrote up, I think we pushed – uh, the closing line of 61, it, you wrote it at 59 and a half. And yeah, I got some bad line movement on that one. And yeah, we had the two two kickoff touchdowns go for it. Well, I, you mean, had a, uh, I guess there you was had a safety safe... touchdown and then the kickoff right. on the second half. Both went for touchdowns for the under and yeah, and the safety. So yeah, that we was, had like uh... a perfect under situation. Baylor pinned Kansas deep. And then all Kansas has to do is gain a few yards, drain some clock down, punt. Instead, they give up a safety, and then the free kick gets returned for a touchdown. And, of course, that sucks. But, um, you know, other than that, and then, of course, we had a plus 400, I think, or plus 375 in Georgia Southern, you know, almost win the game outright. But th- th- those are those are variants. That is life. Um, let's move on to week five. Jeez, I can't. We didn't even think we were going to get one week of college football, and now we're all the way to week five. Um, you wrote obviously your your week to week betting uh, article 
and there were there, we've already gotten some good line movement. That's what I really like, um, you know, about some of these things is where you know you end up you know writing something up, and you know you get um, you know positive line movement. The first one is Baylor at West Virginia. We were on West Virginia last week. I think that was a good bet. Chubba Hubbard lays down at the one yard line. We we cover the number. Instead, he scores. And uh, West Virginia, who you know, gave up a defensive touchdown also in that game, doesn't cover the number. You are going against West Virginia here um, with Baylor minus two and a half. Now that number is already out to Baylor minus three. What do you think about this game uh, now that you know uh, that the, the market sort of agrees with you here? Yeah, I mean, I feel much better with that line movement. Of course, we did get kind of a similar, not necessarily a similar move with West Virginia last week, but we did get some positive line movement in that way, and it really didn't end up mattering at the end, as you said. So, um, obviously, obviously feel good, but I think, yeah, moving up to the key numbers is obviously much more significant than just kind of moving in between uh, numbers that aren't really that worthwhile. So, I definitely think that um, in that particular situation we are in much better spot minus three i think you know green line is kind of still leaning towards baylor it doesn't necessarily have like the value that it once had at minus two and a half um it seems like a higher percentage of the cash than ticket percentages is on baylor so um i still kind of like baylor at that price but i don't necessarily think it's as playable as it was at minus two and a half so we'll see i don't really think west virginia in general is that good i know we were kind of high on jared doge last week he hasn't necessarily come through that well. I think he has right around like a 63% accuracy rating. Um, only around like 13% of his uh, passes were actually graded positively. I Actually, let me double check that. I think that was a little bit lower. Um, yeah, but he, played, he, he right played a game like, against an FCS school, which yeah, I think was. Yeah, he was at 18.8% positive pass percentage uh, coming out now after this past week. So yeah, they had Eastern Kentucky. They obviously looked lights out in that situation. Then Oklahoma State, I think, kind of uh, grinded out a win and a victory over them. And I don't know, I don't, not as high as I was on West Virginia before. It's kind of tough to evaluate some of these teams coming off that FCS opponent, you know, beat down to really evaluate how well they are. So I think with another da- game of data on them, I'm definitely lower on them, and it seems like Greenland in general has kind of moved down on them as well. So yeah, I like that, targeting them still. Yeah, West Virginia was a good bet, even though the outcome wasn't. I mean, we got it at eight and a half, and I, what did it? It closed well it's below six. S- yeah, well, when Spencer Sanders finally was announced out, it basically moved from like seven, seven and a half to six. Yeah, so you like got that, line movement so. pre-quarterback change, and then line movement even post-quarterback change. Right. I mean, that's all you can really expect to do uh, in this business. So um, that you know, that's a game. Th- I, I like fading it here. You know, uh, you know. It, especially because of the regression of Doge. Um, Baylor looked pretty good. Charlie Brewer is a quarterback who has a ton of experience. And while uh, he did lose Denzel Mims in the in the offseason, um, you know, their offense really hummed against Kansas. Although I don't know what that means because the uh, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers also hummed Hum. against, against Kansas. So uh, let's move on here to a game. Ben, I love these games. I love Memphis. I love UCF. I love SMU. I love these, like, southern non-Power 5 teams that just move the football. Because, you know, we sweat a lot of unders, Ben. And it's very rare that you get to sweat an over. And and you get that release when they they actually go over the total here. We have SMU uh, hosting Memphis here. Total on this game, 74.5. I think you wrote this up there. There might have been something having to do with weather here that may may have made it. I, I still think we lean over here. Uh, what, what's your what's your feeling? 
Yeah, we definitely still lean over. It's not really a value as it once was basically yesterday. I do think there was just a couple small tweaks in relation to weather um, and some other things that made it not necessarily a value. But it was kind of borderline previously, but it was a spot that I really like. And like you said, it's going to be a really fun matchup, Group of Five. I think we have two of the best Group of Five quarterbacks facing off here. Shane Buchel obviously is fantastic from a PFF perspective, and Brady White I also think is uh, highly capable of moving the football. So both these teams have been really hot to start. I think both of them are at .35 EPA per pass attempt or higher um, to start the season. At, uh, you know, Brady White's sitting over 7% at in his big-time throw percentage, so they don't necessarily pass the ball as much as they even were last year, but I do still think that they're capable of moving the football, and this is definitely a spot where um, being able to cheer for points, especially a lot of points, is just kind of a fun matchup. This is kind of what college football is all about. Um, it's going to be summed up this weekend, so I'm looking forward to it, and I do think just with the spread kind of sitting in between, you know, below that field goal percentage for that, uh, you know, the road favorite, I do think that this game is going to play tight and close throughout here, so I'm expecting probably just a few more points than what Greenline even anticipates at this point, so I definitely think the over is in play um and it seems like the market is siding with me i think we have just a slightly lower percentage of tickets than cash price which probably makes it seem like there's probably a lot more public money on it but i do think we're probably kind of getting both sides of the action at this point because it doesn't really seem like too many people are buying into the under so just in general i think uh especially at the nfl level we're seeing high totals and numbers inflated maybe the college football um scene hasn't necessarily caught up to that at this point but i do think that's something that could potentially be in place and work in our favor especially in this game yeah i mean two quarterbacks who have, who have experience um is big right and we found you know in our modeling that you know not only how good a quarterback is but how much he's played uh can right. factor in you know to uh, you know your percentages on a total. The Bra- both Brady Wright and Shane Boucher uh, are you know you know good quarterbacks, and and you know these teams' um, defense is not a premium uh, for, any, for either one. So it'll be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, here's one. Okay, so we have this is going to be another sweat for the under here. We were on Kentucky last week. Again, Kentucky was another um, you know bet that we're you know we got at a good number closed better than what we had um and in fact you know kentucky played hard they had you know they were down eight seven he throws what what you know terry wilson throws what you know should have been a pick six um you know it got called back because of a a targeting you feel sort of relieved as a better but you also come back and say well no the running back actually got in on the second down before that what the hell you know we should be up you know six points then they come back and score to cut it to two after a missed two-point conversion get the ball back after a stop and then terry wilson on you know a keeper fumbles the ball and it goes completely pear-shaped after that at least we had the under in that game um which is what we have here with ole miss uh at kentucky here uh what say you ben yeah i mean both defenses aren't necessarily great i do think kentucky's probably a little bit better than what our defensive ranking has them at i think they're fifth overall in the sec ole miss sits closer to 12 so just in that from that perspective, it's a little uneasy to be on the under, but neither of these offenses are that great. I think Ole Miss had uh, some production and definitely garbage time against Florida last week, so that was probably boosting up their numbers just a little bit, but I do think that these are two teams that are essentially going to grind it out. Um, Terry Wilson really didn't show me what I was looking for basically from him last week, unfortunately. I just don't think he's either fully returned from injury or is as sharp as he once was. I do think the um, you know the throwaway basically on the two-point conversion is something that's just... Uh, kind of disheartening to see at that point especially when you're back in Kentucky so I don't know I think um just from a perspective of the points not really being scored I do think we've 
probably are baked into the under at this point. I know I wrote it up at 60 and a half. I think it's bumped out just a little bit further even. So um, I'm probably moving a little bit against the market at this point, um, which is a little uneasy feeling, especially with where totals have been moving and going at this point in the season. Um, but I still kind of feel good about this under. Um, I think it's kind of going to be one of those atypical SCC showdowns where we see a lot of defensive action, not necessarily the high quality offense that we uh, come to expect, but we'll see. I know there's a lot of question marks swirling around about Kentucky in general. Obviously there's like the Joey Gatewood uh, situation kind of looming large as far as um, if he's going to be able to play at what point he's going to be able to play. If he does play, is he going to be starting? It looks like maybe he would be um, just with how well Terry Wilson has played so far in the season. Obviously it's only one game, but um, if he plays poorly again this week, I think those questions are only going to get louder. So we'll see. I do, I do lean towards the under. I don't think Ole Miss is even as good offensively as they showed last week. I think that was probably just a lot of garbage time production. So um, I'm leaning towards the under. I think these defenses probably play just a little bit better uh, than what they showed here in week one, even though Kentucky actually played pretty well against Auburn. So, Yeah, Kentucky's defense played great, I thought. You know, they just right. kind of broke down. There was a couple plays. Seth Williams, I mean, just kind of was a dude a few times in that game. Um, one thing to keep in mind, currently Saturday's weather looks okay. You're talking about 61 in, in Kentucky, uh, you know, near our, our neck of the woods here in Cincinnati. But, um, you know, Sunday and Monday's forecasts are for rain. Um, and there's some cloud cover, you know, sort of in, uh, you know, Saturday's forecast. If that moves up at all, then you're talking about rain and you're looking more, uh, you know, you could get, you know, this number that we currently have could look good um, right. by the time everything is said and done. Uh, on Saturday so that's again um, you know I as much as I like the under and you know in, in Memphis uh, SMU I, I'm you know ha you know more than happy with the under uh, here um, the last game I want to talk about which just it just became a value here I just bet it um, is uh, Texas Tech fresh off of a overtime game against Texas going on the road to face Kansas State, who is fresh off a of victory against Oklahoma. Kansas State is laying two and a half points at home. Um, Skylar Thompson, impre uh, impressive as all get out. I remember last year when we, when we had the Oklahoma-Kansas State game, we had the over. We also had Skylar Thompson in uh, DFS, and he right. was amazing. Um, I, I Obviously, I lean toward Kansas State here. I think Texas Tech, you know, that's sort of, you know, uh, as much as Kansas State needed to get up for the Oklahoma game, I, I think it's more of a springboard for a team that actually wins that game than it is a letdown for a team who get, came close to beating a rival and didn't uh, like Texas yeah. Tech did. Yeah, and Texas Tech kind of let Texas, you know, come back in that regard. Yeah. You got, you know, Alan Bowman basically flashing the horns down sort of situation, then come, then Texas coming back from two touchdowns. So that's obviously a much more disheartening situation. But I don't know, Skylar Thompson continues to come through, and it just seems like he just has basically no respect at the national level, and I'm not quite sure why. I think he's, you know, played really well from our perspective. I think, you know, he averaged up the target so far to start the season 13.2. So obviously his accuracy percentage isn't that high, but he's had... You know, over 8% of his throws have been big-time worthy, zero turnover-worthy plays. So he's a guy that, you know, continues to deliver in situations that, you know, especially essentially call for it. Upsetting Oklahoma twice in two years, basically, is kind of, you know, a significant factor in that regard. So I do agree with you that I think, you know, that launching off point, that springboard action could definitely be happening for Kansas State um, at this point in the season. So at, you know, basically two and a half point spread, um, you know, under a field goal, I definitely think they're a buy. I mean, we're much higher on uh, 
Kansas State than we are Texas Tech at this point. I mean, Texas Tech is, you know, basically the second to last in the Big 12, according to our ELO rankings. We have Kansas State much more in the middle of the pack in the, at this point in the season. So um, give Kansas State basically the edge in both offensive and defensive opponent-adjusted rankings. So I'm definitely on board here with that. They're only, you know, basically a minus two and a half point favorite under a field goal. I definitely think that is, you know, a buying opportunity at this point, given this current price. So I'm, I would be all aboard. And not um, only that, but until it gets up to that field goal spread, Kansas state is a, is a top 10 uniform in college football. Uh, you know, just simplicity over complexity in that case. Um, this is great. And this, uh, I mean, it opened up at what three and a minus three and a half. It's moved down to minus yeah. two and a half. So I'm not quite sure what's uh, causing that initial line movement. I do think there's some rogue three still hanging on, but it does look like uh, the majority of betting markets have moved to two and a half. So I mean, unless there's something that I'm not quite sure that the market's already baked in that you know we may get more information on here leading, later in the week, I definitely think it's a playable number at this point. So. Yeah, this this is a situation again where you sort of like wait on the market, and and that's why you know you have to key numbers aren't as important in college football. You know, a, a three in college football is like four percent, whereas in NFL it's like eight or nine percent. Percent, yeah. But uh, but it still matters, and, and that you know I'm glad that we got we ended up getting that number. We can root uh, with uh, our good pal Seren Petro uh, for the Kansas State Wildcats. Um, this is always fun. I, you know, college football. I wasn't something I was a fan of until we became friends and started betting on it. Uh, and obviously now, you know, we sweat out these games on a Saturday. Um, are there, you know, you're doing some uh, some of these, you know, these DFS things on the Friday night before? Are there any? Is there anything as we close off here? Is there anything uh, insofar as the DFS market that you picked up on over the past, uh, you know, three four weeks? I mean. Last week, especially, I do think everyone was way too low on Mississippi State and their entry into the SEC. So just in general, defense is so overrated from like an analysis perspective, especially when it comes to fantasy football. And I think that's even more apparent in college football. Um, people just seem to weight it, weight it even higher. And, you know, obviously in certain situations um, that is beneficial, but I think the majority of time when you're actually trying to be predictive in regards to fantasy stats, that defense just doesn't have that much um, value in those prediction processes. It's just much more reliant on actually trying to find efficient offenses that are going to generate high volume situations for you um, in either the passing or the rushing game. So um, that's something that, you know, I would be buying into. So that's why, you know, I really like Mississippi State action last week. Basically, um, you know, a lot of my DFS plays went really well from a college perspective. I think it was basically just I had, uh, you know, zero shares of the Kyle Trask, Michael Pitts uh, situation, which kind of went off, you know, and those those are the, num you know, those are the performances that we're trying to highlight and find in our blow up model and things like that. And unfortunately, that was one that um, we just weren't on at that point. But it's something that I think if we continue to have the right process, things are eventually going to start evening out in the end. So. Yeah, we had we had Syracuse's receiver again getting a, a long touchdown. Yeah, yeah. It, and he he is always somebody who who flashes in that model. Um, Syracuse, by the way, winning outright one of your picks uh, against the spread. Yeah, th yeah, it's so funny because we're you know we're you know what four weeks into the NFL season now, and it's so hilarious the you know Josh Hermsmeyer defense doesn't matter sort of um, trope, but it is correct. I mean, when you look at um, from a from a props and and uh dfs angle 
it's funny, you only need to get a few weeks into the season where you start typing in somebody's prop and you notice it hasn't, you know, in your spreadsheets, and you know, it hasn't changed uh, from week to week. Uh, it shows really, you know, sort of how much the betting markets care uh, about defense and individual performances. Well, Ben, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to, you know, your, your uh, podcast again, uh, you know, later on this week. Um, thank you. And, uh, and uh, for Ben Brown, this is uh, Eric Eager, and uh, good luck out there.